The cost and availability of propane didn't take the spotlight this year with such a warm fall. Not to mention the warm, dry weather that we had helped with grain drying. This is making propane prices favorable. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report, and that is according to Michael Newland, the Director of Agriculture Business Development at the Propane Education Research Council. He says inventories are at their highest levels in the last five years. So we look at supply uh, versus prior year versus five-year average. So going into the heating season, coming out of grain dryer season, going into heating season, we're, we're in a great spot from a supply standpoint. Uh, inventories are very high, uh, probably the highest that they've been in that five-year window. So from that respect, we're looking very good. That also leads right into probably a pricing conversation that, um, you know, supply and demand still applies in our industry. And with those higher supplies comes very stable pricing. So I think that's a great thing for folks who may be listening. And uh, I think uh, that could be probably conveyed into the, you know, into the future of supplies. We don't see any disruptions coming. We're off to a relatively warm fall. Just had a cold snap here in the Midwest, but you know, in, in general, we're starting warmer than normal, and uh, that also has an impact on pricing. So what factors then are really influencing those pricing dynamics a little bit more? Kind of touched on them, but crude versus diesel versus gas. Take me through what that's looking like. So things that we do watch are crude pricing. Obviously, we watch um, competitive fuels, gasoline, and diesel as well. One thing was always very strong correlation between crude oil and propane. We've seen that very strong correlation kind of weaken over the last few years. So as crude goes and fluctuates, we don't see the fluctuation like we used to in the propane markets uh, along with the crude fluctuation. So I think we're, we're much more stable, quite honestly, than crude prices and subsequently gasoline and diesel as well fluctuates more than what uh, propane has in the last couple of years, dear. So we're really, I think we're on a supply track meaning the supply is really what's driving the stability within our fuel. We export 60-plus percent of what we could burn here in the U.S. We're burning 40, export 60 percent. And what that equates to in gallons is we burn just shy of 10 billion gallons of propane here annually in the U.S. So uh, that's one of the things that the Propane Education Research Council does. We're always looking for ways to expand our domestic markets to find uh, new ways of burning an ultra-clean fuel here, right here in the U.S. Where does the majority of the propane production happen? Propane today comes mostly from natural gas production, natural gas processing. We also get additional supply out of oil refining, but we used to rely as an industry more heavily on the refining side. That's really flipped, and the majority of the fuel today comes out of that natural gas processing uh, stream. There is room for growth. We continue to uh, expect that that supply is going to grow over time. Uh, the one thing uh, from an innovation standpoint, though, we track and are really uh, working hard to increase the supply of something we're calling renewable propane. Uh, why is that important? So all the processes that come uh, are being developed around the country and around the world to produce renewable diesel and renewable sustainable aviation fuel all produce a renewable stream of propane. So the molecule is the same as a conventional propane and as as far as renewable goes. The difference is the feedstock that produces that stream of propane. So fats, oils, and greases that produce renewable diesel in some cases, all the way up to new 
agriculture crops, uh, one in particular called camelina. It's a cover crop, very um, small-seeded cover crop that doesn't take much water to grow. We think it's got a big future in the renewable diesel and in turn in the renewable propane space. Are there any domestic logistical challenges that you're seeing within that? You know, the really the big one that our industry does pay attention to, uh, the biggest one that can cause an interruption or at least a temporary interruption is grain drying. Grain drying uh, in the Midwest is such a large volume and it can be so quick uh, in a very short duration of, of time. And that's what I mean by quick. And we use such a large volume of, of fuel that uh, that can strain our, our delivery system, our logistics system. Um, but what we've done, um, one, we just came out of a very dry grain drying season. We didn't use a lot of gallons in the country as a, as a total. Uh, but one thing our industry has done to, uh, to combat that a little bit is we've got an internal model that we watch the crop, the corn crop, grow from the time it goes in the ground till the time it's harvested, and we are monitoring corn moisture on a weekly basis of that crop down to the USDA crop district level. And I think that's important for everybody to know because when we have had those big grain drying years, that model wasn't in place. And what I think this model does is gives us a forward look into the grain drying season, how much fuel we could use, where those hot spots are, where what crop districts or even state, you know, could be using more than, than a normal year. And I think it gives us opportunity as an industry to plan our logistics and um, just be ready for it. So uh, that's a big tool internally that we have uh, that we use on a yearly basis. Uh, that gets, uh, as I mentioned, updated on a weekly basis. And um, we watch those changes every week and uh, distribute that information to our entire system. And um, I think it's just a great planning tool for us. Are we having any issues getting propane where it needs to go? Are global events that are happening, are those having any serious effect on propane trade or are things looking good so far? You know, so far, so good. Last year was a bit of a challenge, um, not really here domestically, but Europe was struggling to get uh, fuel, any type of fuel for heat in some uh, countries. And we did uh, put a lot of propane into Europe last last winter. But this calendar year, nothing of that nature is happening around the world. Um, product is shipping as normal on a normal basis. So we feel very good going into a winter heating season with, uh, with where the industry is. We hear a lot about EVs and renewable energy. Why should propane be used as a vehicle fuel? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for us to explain how clean the fuel actually is. So uh, we look at um, the carbon intensity scores of every fuel out there, and uh, I talk all the time whenever I get a chance to talk. Propane is, in my opinion, the cleanest commercially available combustion fuel on the planet. Um, you know, somebody's going to say, well, wait a minute, hydrogen is cleaner than you. And I say, well, I would argue that, gosh, you can't roll up to a hydrogen station today and put it in a vehicle. So that day may be coming to where hydrogen uh, has a, a foothold. Uh, they've got some challenges, technological challenges to overcome, I think, as far as hydrogen goes. But propane today, it's available. It's been around for an awful long time. But propane is an incredibly clean fuel, and I think it's always going to have a place in our energy conversation. You know, specifically when you look at on-road markets, we're in school buses today. We're transporting um, about a million and a half students to and from school every day on propane-powered school buses. It's economical to buy the piece of equipment versus a battery-powered uh, school bus or car, for that matter. 
And um, the fuel itself is, is very reasonably priced. People will argue, well, you've got tailpipe emissions and an EV doesn't. Well, that's, that's an interesting story, but uh, we all know that electricity doesn't magically appear at the wall socket. So when you look and study how that power in your area is produced, distributed through your wall socket, propane is actually cleaner in 38 states than the electrical grid. So we've got a, we've got a great story to tell. The facts are on our side. They're going to continue to be there. And if we can expand our renewable propane story, I think it, this story just continues to get better. Moving into 2024, what do you expect for the market? What do you expect things to be looking like? Yeah, I think I think what we'll do in 2024, we'll, um, we'll continue to innovate as an industry. Uh, we at the Propane Education Research Council are always looking for new companies, new projects uh, to help uh, that company come to market with uh, a next generation propane burning piece of equipment. So I think we've got some neat things coming there, specifically uh, in agriculture. We've got a really neat project that's being built in California today. Uh, we're going to use propane to produce steam that will be injected into the soil uh, to control soil nematodes. Uh, so I think that's a really cool technology. Uh, it's got a lot of neat applications, and it gets to replace some really bad uh, chemistry that we continue to use over and over and over. So. Things about nature are what drives our organization, the folks that do uh, what I do on a daily basis. So I'd mentioned renewable propane. I think that's going to be a game changer as we go. It'll continue to allow us to have the uh, carbon intensity conversations with the energy folks around the world. And I think we've got a great story to tell. That was Michael Newland, Director of Agriculture Business Development for Propane Education Research Council, giving us some insight into how the supply and demand situation for propane is shaping up for 2024. He says he's optimistic about the future and what's to come, and you should be too. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.